So we're, we've been talking about what does it mean to be a disciple, a follower of Jesus, and we've had different topics along the way. Um, today I, I want us to think about what does it mean to be present, present to each other, to our neighbor, present to God. So uh, we, Julie and I, watched another, uh, you know, uh, artistic uh, moment for us watching a movie. Uh, we watched uh, the documentary "Won't You Be My Neighbor?" That's about Mr. Rogers, you know, the cardigan-wearing guy, hanging out with kids, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> so, boom. So, um, so we're watching this documentary about Mr. Rogers. And one thing you start to notice quickly, and I, I can't remember. I mean, I watched it when I was a kid some because I recognized the weird sounds and the puppets and stuff. But I don't, I don't remember too much about it. But when I watched the documentary, I noticed, you know, when, when Mr. Rogers is talking to somebody, whether it's a kid or an adult, like his eyes are on that person. It's like they're the only one in the room. Um, his face, you know, conveys, like, the, the emotions of the moment. Like, he's not thinking of cameras. He's not thinking of what people are going to think about him. He's thinking of that person right there. And it's just beautiful to watch. And I, when I've seen other people that have that kind of gift of giving people their full attention and being present, I'm like, man, that, that's awesome. Like, that's beautiful. Um, so we're watching this documentary, and I hear the pitter-patter of little feet coming down the hallway. And, you know, it's way past that time, but Caleb's there at the, at the door, um, and he's like, Dad! And I'm like, oh, what? Dad, I can't go to sleep because I think I need more water. I'm like, son, this is the third time you've gotten out of bed, and we've told you time and again, you have to stay in bed at night. I've already gotten you water once. You know, like, what, are, what can we take away from him, Julie? You know, that we haven't taken away already. Get in bed! And he scampers back off. I'm like, let me turn back on Mr. Rogers. I'll be paying attention to some kids. And something like that scene happens quite frequently in our house. Not that we're watching Mr. Rogers all the time. But the irony of the moment was, was really there. Um, it's hard. I'm learning to be present with people, with myself, um, not to be thinking of other things and, and to be focused and attentive. It's tough, though. I mean, we're, we're in a fast-paced culture, country. We're in a tech-based country where when, I, when I'm at work at First Time Care um, and I go to lunch on lunch break, nine times out of ten, I walk into the, the break room and everybody is, you know, just staring at their phone. And sometimes we talk to each other, but we're still staring at our phones as we talk. And the conversation is about something we just saw on our phone. And then we stop talking to keep looking at our phone because they demand our attention. And it's lamentable, but I'm very much a part of that. And it's hard to be attentive. It's hard to be present. And if it's hard to be present with people, how much harder to be present with an invisible being that's not right there in front of us, um, not calling out for our attention like a child might be. So we're in John chapter 12, and in this story that John just read, um, to give a little context, uh, this story comes at the end of uh, Jesus' ministry, so it's like a week before the cross. And he, as the gospel stories tell this story, and they all tell it in, in some form or fashion, um, 
there's a sense that each day that's getting closer to this moment is more and more important, and, and so they, they give more context for the stories. They explain Jesus's word. Jesus has more words to the disciples in this stage, and it's like he's trying to take advantage of every moment because they can feel something is about to happen. And so I love that Jesus goes to Bethany, which is a little village outside of Jerusalem, and uh, he had been there a little bit earlier in John because his friends lived there, and one of his friends, Lazarus, who has two sisters, Mary and Martha, Lazarus had gotten sick. If you remember the story, they said, Jesus, come, Lazarus is sick. He's getting close to death. And Jesus delays a little bit, and Lazarus dies. And then you have this dramatic scene where Jesus is confronted by the sisters who both have these interesting conversations with him, lots of emotion. And then you have this amazing moment where Jesus calls forth Lazarus out of, Lazarus out of the grave, and he is alive again. And so, in this week before Jesus' death, he goes back to Bethany uh, to spend some time with these people that he loves, that he's close to. And there's something beautiful and comforting to me in that, that Jesus knows what's about to happen. He knows the importance of the moment. He's like, I want to just go and spend some time with Lazarus and Mary and Martha. And that sort of presence we call, at least at Storyline, we call in. This idea of this value of walking together through the good and the bad of life and being present to each other. And I see that in Jesus here. And throughout the, the stories, Jesus has a lot of time where he goes off on his own, where he is alone, um, and he's paying attention to the Father. We're going to talk about that this morning. But he also has these moments where he's just with his people, his community. And it's sweet, and it's fellowship, and it's beautiful. So before we go into the story more, let me just ask, um, when have you found in recent times uh, it, it helpful or, or beautiful to kind of slow down and be present with people in your community? What's that been like for you? That's what we're talking about, that intangible present with someone in a moment of importance. Any other thoughts of 
of being of being able to slow down and connect with someone in the community. Yes. You know, because we're homeschooling, she doesn't really get to have, you know, regular contact with, you know, friends. And so I'm just excited. Oh, she gets to go outside and play. Yay. And then over the last couple of weeks, I started to hear these little girls share stories of living with grand- grandparents because mom lives in a car or um, living with dad because I saw when the parents moved in and I don't remember when the mom moved out. And all these stories that I didn't even know was happening and she has been the entrance into community for me mm-hmm. and um, caring about not just these children, but it's a doorway to, to love these parents too and get to know them better. Yeah. So your daughter has been the yeah. door? Yeah. That's, that's very cool. Yeah, John? I had dinner with Darlene last night, uh, former uh, apartment manager. She's moved to different places. She moved because her youngest daughter had her first child and wanted to be in her regular things. She's five minutes away, that's really cool. She's been 55 minutes away, looking at her new job, it's full of all kinds of politics and craziness. And, and she told me, so, so I had been, been her sounding board mm-hmm. before. So we, I haven't seen her for many months, so it's kind of like I got a 90 minute dump <laughs> of all the office politics and all the because she can't say all the things about all the yik yik mm-hmm. you know but she knows that I'm not this gossip yeah. I'm not this I'm just like okay that's crazy you're, you're a safe place for her to be able to share all that, that that's a gift and that's, that's kind of what we're talking about like being present with somebody is a gift that, that we can give to them um and so let's look at this story. Um, a dinner is given for Jesus' honor, which, um, so, so there's some irony here, um, but not, not really in, in what uh, Lauren shared earlier, because in this moment, uh, they are giving uh, a dinner for Je- to honor Jesus. And there's a sense that, that Mary and Martha and Lazarus have, um, have experienced this moment with Jesus, and now they want to they do something for him. And so they give him this meal and they host a party for him. And you see Jesus and he's sitting down and he's talking with Lazarus and, and the others at, at the table. And you just got to wonder, you know, what's that conversation like with a guy that you, you raised from the dead? Like, what was it like? You know, I'm about to experience this. What was it like? Um, and yeah, any pointers? Lazarus. Um, and, and then you've got Martha and she is she's serving which is kind of her way and all the different stories about her. But I love in John, it doesn't juxtapose her serving with Mary's uh, presence. It just says that she was serving. And I think here there's a sense of she's, she's helping to create this space where something beautiful is going to happen. And I love that about Martha and those like Martha. And then Mary comes in the room. And she's carrying this expensive jar of perfume. And the perfume is called nard, which is kind of an ugly name for a beautiful smelling substance. And nard came from the Himalayas, uh, I read. And so that's why it's so expensive, because they had to, they had to carry it, caravan it you know, across India, all the way into the Middle East, into Judea. And so it's extremely expensive to have a bottle of this stuff. And, and so it's described as being worth a year's wages. 
again, we have to think about, we're not talking, you know, 21st century U.S. We're thinking about rural, 1st century Middle East um, in the country. And so what does it mean to, to have a, a year's wages worth? You know, and we're talking about the necessities of life, the basics. Like, you know, Mary's not giving up a new car or a trip to Hawaii. This, this jar of perfume is something that they were saving for a special moment. They could sell it if they need to. It's like an emergency fund. But they could also save it for a burial. Uh, you know, that, like they could pay for a wedding. You know, there, there's ex- extremely important moments in the family's life. And this is what they have. And so this is what she brings. And she, she gives up, in the sense, that future stability and savings and breaks it and just what could, you know, what could be there for the future now is all over Jesus and another gospel that talks about pouring on his head and then on his feet. And then she starts to wipe his feet with her hair. And they're in this moment, as Daryl described, and the smell of that perfume fills the room. And I think all the conversation stops. I've got a candle that uh, it's not worth $20,000, but <laughs> I got it from Megan, so hopefully she, this is a Megan uh, Howard-worthy candle. For those that don't know that it, different smells give her headaches. So I don't know if that smell will uh, go across the room or not, but imagine, if you will, what it would be like to be eating and drinking and having this great time. And then all of a sudden, um, you see Mary walk in and you see her break open this jar and then the smell just fills the room and conversation stops. And then you're watching as she kneels down and then she's cleaning Jesus' feet with her hair and you look at the expression on Jesus' face and I think it's just this holy moment, this intangible moment where more is happening than what they can see or smell or hear. And, and I, think, I think about the people that are there um, with Mary and, and Jesus and how many of them had walked with Jesus through all these different adventures, the ups and downs of life, and about how they knew something big is about to happen. They don't know what, but maybe some of them were like, I wish I could tell Jesus how I, how I feel about him. I wish I could tell Jesus, thank you for changing my life, but I don't know how to do it. And now they see Mary, and, and she's giving this, this great gift to Jesus. She's showing him how much she values him, how much she honors him. In the Old Testament, it talks about the role of the priests, and a whole tribe of the people of, of Israel, of Abraham's uh, children, um, are considered priests, the tribe of Levi. And one of the roles of the tribe of Levi is to connect people to God. Um, they're going to bring people together to God. And, but God also said, we talked about this a couple months ago, how the role of Israel was to connect the world to him. And so you've got this priestly role of connecting people to God, but also another role of the priest, it describes it as ministering to God. It's kind of a weird concept, right? Ministering to God. What does God need? What does the Creator need? And um, when you think about that, um, God, God gave this role to the Levites, and part of their role was to minister to Him. 
to pursue him in this way. And so I think about how, whether she knows or not, um, Mary is part of this holy moment. She's, she's ministering to Jesus in a way. And I wonder if he was in some sense surprised by that. And you get that this is like five days before the story that Lauren was talking about, where, she, where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. You wonder how that impacted him. How her ministry to him impacted him in that moment. But for not everyone, it's not a holy moment for everyone. It describes Judas being there. And I imagine Judas, and he's eating and drinking and talking with all the people. And then he sees Mary. It's kind of weird. What is she doing over there? And then he smells the smell of the perfume. And, and, it, and at first, I'm sure, just like everybody else, he's like, whoa, that's, that's amazing. But then he starts to realize, you know what that is? You know how much that costs? And we get, we get the behind-the-scenes glimpse into Judas's heart because he's, he's got some greed in his heart. And he's like, you know how much I could, what I could have done with that money? And so there's that greed there that he masks it by his question, his moral objection to the moment. Couldn't this have been sold and given to the poor? And since we know behind the scenes, we're like, Judas, you are you are one filthy guy, you know. Stop it. Leave her alone, you know. But do you, do you, is there a sense in which there's some logic to the, the question? Where he's like, you know, if you do a cost-benefit analysis of this moment, is it worth the investment? Couldn't you have bought a knockoff perfume for 300 You know, that would have been a little bit better. Dollars, not dinero. Um, bad Bible jokes um, <laughs> so um, it, was this a waste of time was this a waste of money well Jesus says uh, leave her alone he does say that and he says this was intended this was designed uh, for this moment that this perfume would be ready for my burial, to prepare the way for my burial. There's always going to be a need to give to the poor. Yes, Jesus, that's true. But I will only be in this moment here before my death once with you. The creator of the whole world is there with them in this moment. He's only going to be in this moment with them once. And Mary seizes that moment. She takes advantage of that moment. And she gives everything that she can think of to give at that moment. She gives her most expensive possession to Jesus to honor him in a way, um, the, the humblest way that she knows how to honor him. And so she pours it out on his feet. You know, connected with Judas's question, um, I was thinking about the greatest command, which is the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And there's some oddity to that being a command. Um, when I think about, you know, if I, if I said to Julie, thou shalt lovest me, and she loves that accent, so maybe I would convince her if I did it that way. But um, you can't command somebody to love you, right? Can you say, you know, you will love me? Right? That's weird to say, I'm going to command you to, to feel a certain way about me. So how does God say the greatest commandment is to love him, Right? How does that make sense? You guys probably have some better ideas than I do. And I want you to speak it in a moment. 
Um, but I think that, for me, it makes sense if what we were created for, if what our very existence was about was that moment of connection with Him. To, to be in relationship, to be uh, in this give and take of love and moments with our Creator, if we're made for that, if we find our fulfillment in that, then to pursue that with our hearts is, is not only a gift to the Creator, but it's also the thing that we will come alive in as we pursue uh, this love connection with God. And so he asked us to love him like that. Um, in that sense, Mary is doing the very thing that she was designed to do. She was designed to anoint Jesus' feet, to be present with him in that moment, and to have this holy moment uh, with, the God, with God. Um, have you heard the phrase that, that prayer is a great waste of time? You know, like, what are you, what are you really doing in prayer? When you, when you stop and you speak these words, do you get anything from that? Is there any benefit? Or worship is a great waste of time. Like, you come and you sing these songs and you go away. Is it this waste of time? I think it's the same concept, the same, you know, where Judas is saying, you know, how could you waste that perfume on his feet like that, Mary? How could you waste time stopping to to listen to God or to be present with God? How could you waste time singing these songs? You know, what what is gained from that? If God doesn't have any needs, why are you singing to Him? Why are you talking to Him? What's the point? And I think the questions miss the mark that, that these are holy moments. These are moments that, that we were created for. Um, these are moments where, um, where we find what we were made to do. So I'm thinking about, you know, one of the most, what if one of the most significant things we do as disciples of Jesus is to slow down and to offer our presence to God? Whether that's a prayer or a song or meditating or silence. And, you know, Jesus is not in the room in the sense that I can go and wash his feet right now. But he also says, whenever you give a cup of cold water to the least of these, you do that for me. And so there's a, there's certainly a sense of how our love and our justice and our service to him is a holy moment. But also these moments where we just do something just for him. Just to, just to say, I just want to say thank you. I just want to honor you. And I don't know if I'm going to get anything out of this moment. I don't know if I'm going to get anything out of going to church. I don't know if I'm going to hear anything on this retreat. I don't know if anything's going to, going to happen here. But I want to give you this moment. I just want to be present with you. And I think that that delights God's heart. I think that delights his heart in, in the sense of a father delighted for a child to come up and, and want uh, the attention of the father. So let me ask you, uh, this idea of ministering to God, of being present for God, what, is that, what does that mean to you? How do we practice that as disciples? Yes, sir. Be still and know. I know. That's that's just wow. That's helping this way many, many, many times. 
I have in the last few months uh, been converting my walk-in closet to a prayer closet. And it says, walk through your closet, close the doors, I'll go there, close this. Okay, God, come closet him. Father, here I am. You know everything. You know, hey ho. And so many years ago gave me a, a Jewish uh, uh, a prayer. Prayer, shawl. Shawl, yeah. yeah. So I put that on and go, hey, Jesus, I'm just here. I've got needs and wants and cooks and shits and everybody's just all messed up and forget about DC, but it's like me and you and. I don't know. That's how I do what you just said. Yeah. I love that. Just you're creating space just to offer yourself there. Because to hear still small voice, it's mm-hmm. not in the TV or cell phone or gossip group neighborhood. It's in the closet with the door mm-hmm. With the irony that he sometimes speaks to us through the TV. <laughs> but, but, yes. But that's almost, that's him kind of breaking through into our world and capturing our hearts. Yeah, what's, what's something else? This idea of, of, of washing Jesus' feet in some way and that being a meaningful thing to do with our time and energy in a, in a sense. Yes, Julie. I think when we, well, I think about several times in the Bible when it, when it talks about Jesus I tend to think that it wasn't the gift itself that Jesus was moved by, but it was, and, and there was a sense like this is this is symbolic of like my burial, and this is kind of what he did when people were about were were died had died and you anointed them, um, but also that it doesn't take money to to be present and to honor him. It doesn't take fancy buildings or fancy clothes. To honor him, it's just what 
it's what you have at the moment that you have to give. One more thought, Daryl? It does, yeah. No, it feels very much like uh, our, our period of Lent and the idea of fasting. What are we going to give up to just give some more attention to God? And that can look a myriad of ways like we're discussing. So, yeah. yeah. I can't remember if I told this story in space before, but uh, my best friend talks about, was sharing with his spiritual director about a morning where the family was sitting around and they saw a little frog at the pond. And so the family wondered what the frog's name was. And so they went back and forth with two kids, Ellen and Miles, sort of built this whole narrative. And so he was sharing with the spiritual director just how meaningful it was, how playful it was. Mm-hmm. The spiritual director said, you know, that's prayer, right? But what you were engaging in, in this creative delight, um, is prayer. And it, it struck me, and I wondered about sort of that way in which we are present and notice the goodness around us, um, the goodness that God created, yeah. um, is a form, not just of prayer, but a way in which we acknowledge and honor and minister to God, because we're seeing that which God delights in, right. and we often avoid it. Yeah. That makes me think of, uh, like, to use the idea of a priest, like a priest is making those connections yeah. to people. That's great. Thank you, everybody, for sharing. Um, I just want to encourage me and you this morning um, to do what it takes to slow down and be present for those moments. Um, to remember that uh, just being there for God, whether you get anything out of it or not, is a beautiful thing. And um, that I think starts to get at part of what we were made for. And, and sometimes you feel the holiness of the moment and sometimes it it may slip by and you're not sure if it was there but I think as we live into that more and more um, there's going to be this sense of the fragrance of the presence of God around us and it's going to be delightful um, to experience as followers of Jesus